Well, I've got, I did bring chocolate now. Awesome. I brought my favourites because I always get asked that question and then they go, where are they? Mm-hmm. I brought them with me. Dark scorched almonds, the best breakfast food mm. in the world because mm. it's protein and sugar. Nice. And dark chocolate. For um, coffee lovers, milk cappuccino bars because most people have never tasted these. Oh, they're amazing. Aren't they good? They're a bit addictive. And then I've also brought two of our brand new single origin chocolates. Cool. So we're doing a couple, but I've brought a jar- one from Java that's more milk, so it's 44%. Okay. And one from Belize, Ooh. which is quite earthy and it's like got dried fruit. And I think that's more... These really remind me how much chocolate making is like wine making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a segue for you. Um, in that it, we take a raw ingredient and we turn it into something else. Mm-hmm. And the flavours of where that ingredient have come from can really be seen in the end product, much like a single vineyard sure, wine or a regional wine. wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a whole to our um, concept. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you eat these together, you go, "How can chocolate taste so different?" Mm-hmm. But I just, I just liken it to, to you wine. Might have to do a, a, a tasting on air, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then these, which don't even have Let's a label, Ooh. might be our brand new single malt whiskey chocolate. Oh. Wow! Really. Oh. Might be. Might be. <laughs> so, yes, they're a bit special too, but they're for Father's Day. They've I like been the packaging. For Father's Day. It's really cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah. So we have an in-house designer, oh. Dean, who does all of that work for us. Yeah. So Nick's our uh, lead designer. So yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Dean's our senior designer, so I'll let okay. him know that. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> he, um, he does all our packaging. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Fiona. Really good to have you here. Thank you for having me. Um, so you head up marketing at Hague's Chocolates? I do, yes. And sit on the exec board as well? Yes, that's right. Awesome. Thanks for bringing in the uh, the treats. I actually watched a documentary on making of chocolate the other day. It was a YouTube uh, short, but it's inc- I didn't realise sort of the, the length that you go through, you know, fermenting the, 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 well, the pods, are they? And then yep. actually that, that processing that goes through before it even gets into the raw form. And comes through to someone like yourself. So and aren't you, they beautiful? Did you see the oh, pods? Like they're well, the most gorgeous colours. But, and then, but they sort of have this sort of sap, or you know, they almost look, you know, otherworldly when they come out of the pod. Yeah. Yeah, and then they Incredible. dry, and you have to dry them and make sure that they're dry, mm. and then they get roasted. Yeah. Like yeah. that's only the very, very beginning of the process. And it's such quite a process amazing. That's gone through before it even gets there. So I think this was in Belize where they were doing it. Um, oh, there you go. Of, that's good. Yeah. So <laughs> and air drying everything outside and having to sort of turn them so they. Um, that fermentation process kind of stops. So, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, so It's magical, ha- I think. But you don't think about, I mean, when you think about chocolate, you sort of just think about the mm. end product, but you don't really think of, yeah, all that sort of, you know, even before it gets through to someone like yourselves who are doing sort of this finishing and, and turning it into these you know, beautiful edible products, it's already sort of gone through this journey, hasn't it? It's, it's a farm. It's, yeah. a, it's agriculture. Mm. And um, I think that's it's kind of, uh, yeah, we forget that first step that it's a, a raw, naturally grown ingredient mm-hmm. that we um, we lovingly roast and, and turn into mm-hmm. this liquid gold <laughs> that's chocolate um, and then into, you know, lots of other deliciousness. But, yeah, it's essentially, it's a bean and sure. it's grown on a tree. It's as simple as that, only in very it, special places. In, like, what is it like inside, like a big pod? It's a, it's a pod, but it's like a flesh inside. Mm-hmm. So okay. it looks like a fruit yeah. in a way, like mm-hmm. this big, yeah, and the colours mm-hmm. can be reds and greens and browns mm. and bluey purple colors it's quite amazing yeah, wow. mm. yeah it makes you wonder how like they first yeah found it it's like this weird looking pod and then they break it open and, and it was, well it was very bitter it's it is yeah. very bitter yeah. so um the first chocolate they ever made was a drinking chocolate and it was 
terribly bitter, mm. but it had other properties that they loved. So yeah. I think they put up with it until they discovered sure. sugar and mixed sugar <laughs> with it and, and then it turned into all sorts of other things. Do you know much about the history of that? So obviously, I mean, like a lot of South American... Cause that, that's it's Aztec, really, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you, know, you know, like potato, all these things that are just, you know, chilies, such mm. a part of sort of world cuisine now weren't around until the you know, mid-1600s. So. Yeah, and then it, it took um, some people in England to actually turn it into um, what we now call a, a chocolate bar mm. in its most basic form sure. because you couldn't um, – it was, it, was it was a drinking chocolate. That's drinking chocolate. It was like a you know, cocoa sort of liquid. Mm-hmm. And um, it was when they discovered how they could add cocoa butter back into it mm. to make it um, into a solid that was enjoyable and, and the addition of sugar that um, mm. the first sort of chocolate bar was invented and that was in England. So mm, yes. we can Good. thank Mr Fry for that. Yeah, Mr Fry. Mr Fry. Mr. Nice. Fry. Thank you, Mr. Fry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they, um, I think it was like the Aztecs and the Mayans, they used like beans as like coin or something. That's what Did I they heard. trade with them? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, because apparently they like, there's some kind of crazy like politics going on. They kind of uh, made people not grow them as much. So they use it as like a precious kind of coin oh. for trade. Interesting. So like yeah. regulated the, uh, yeah. the crops. Yeah, so yeah, yeah exactly. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Kind of like money. Money, money, probably money, worth money. Money can grow on trees. If it's a cocoa pot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I suppose it's interesting, like the, the actual product itself is so old, but Hague's, you know, it has such a long tradition here in South Australia. And I mean, there's not many companies floating around that with the sort of tradition and history of, of Hague's. 103 years this year? 103 years on the 1st of May. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. And um, still family owned mm-hmm. and fifth generation. Oh, wow. Um, uh, have have worked in the business, wow. um, run by the fourth generation, mm-hmm. and the sixth generation have been born. So wow. there you go. So there's plenty more Hagues family members to come along. <laughs> um, so yeah, Alfred Haig started off. Um, he actually was from um, the mid north okay. originally, and um, had like a fruit and veg and lolly shop up there, and then moved down to Mount Gambier and ran some cinemas and um, did confectionery and ice creams and cordials and things. Okay. And then um, moved to Adelaide and bought a chocolate business off of um, Carl Stratman, who was based upstairs in the Beehive Corner. So that's actually how the business started. So we, he actually purchased someone else's chocolate business. Wow. And so that building's been at Hague's... For, yep, nearly 100 years, wow. close to 100 years. I did so, not know that actually. Yeah, wow. so we were actually around the corner, so okay. the bit that faced King William Street. Yeah, sure. And then, yeah, we've been on, on the corner, corner of Beehive for many, many years. Oh, so, wow. yeah, it's, um, so the chocolate used to be made upstairs there. Okay. So there were all workshops and things up there. Wow. Yeah. Where is the, and now where, where's the... Uh... So predominantly we moved there then to Parkside, so oh. on Green Hill Road. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we now have um, actually a brand new um, cocoa processing say that quickly, cocoa process, <laughs> processing plant <laughs> at uh, Myland. So we've just invested $15 million in that. So that oh, opened. Like on Railway Terrace. Yes, behind, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah mm-hmm. near Bunnings there. Yeah, sure. And um, we have a big warehouse on one side of the road and this new cocoa processing plant. Mm-hmm. And um, we've also got some chocolate making. So it, it kind of works in two bits. There's We've invested um, quite heavily in the cocoa processing um, and then it's turning that chocolate, which is literally kept in beautiful stainless steel tanks, liquid chocolate, turning that into the chocolates that you see in, in a store. So wow. um, we'll, um, we, we have some and um, we do some of that at Parkside still and, and some um, at Myland as well. But okay. we're, we're making about a thousand tonne of chocolate a year now. Jeez. Wow. And through the new plant, we can um, 
lift that up to 2,000 if we need, if we want to. And has that scaled up uh, a lot in the sort of last sort of five, six years? Yeah, or? it has. It mm-hmm. has. So we were, um, we were only able, before we did this um, new plant, we could only do 750. Okay. So we'll go up to about 1,000 and then um, as, we, as we grow over the next couple of years, we can scale that all up to 2,000, which is quite amazing. That's a lot of chocolate. It's a lot of chocolate. It's <laughs> a lot of chocolate. And so is that primarily through your retail? So you've got retail stores in Australia? Mm-hmm. Um, That's all through our retail stores and our online store. Cool. So we have um, now six stores in Adelaide. We have seven in Melbourne. We've been in Melbourne for 53 years, which lots okay. of people don't know. Sure. Melbourne people might think we're from Melbourne, but mm-hmm. I'm happy for them to think that. <laughs> um, Adelaide people know we're from Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And um, we have three stores in Sydney now, one in Canberra. And um, we've been in Sydney for 13 years as well. Oh, so. Okay. Yes, Sydney people actually thought we'd been there the whole time when we opened our first store. So I was happy for them to think that too. <laughs> so, um, and online we launched a couple of years okay. ago, which was a a great leap forward for a for a hundred year old um, chocolate company. And how? So I mean, we've we've done quite a lot of work in the, in the wine industry as well, and, yep. and work with you know family businesses, not a hundred years, but you know uh, like two generations, three generations in, and you know small family businesses, no matter how sort of you know large the operations might be, um, you know dealing with change and, and digital and you know especially what's happened in the last 15 years because it's been you know huge especially when you see a, a company that sort of probably had a, you know 90 years of pretty continuous you know marketing and, and how the brand's positioned and then all of a sudden digital comes in and it's like well this is a whole new world opens up a lot of doors but it also creates i suppose challenges as well yeah i think for us raised a lot more questions than answers sure. which i think everyone has experienced in this space and um, how is it relevant to a brand that doesn't necessarily communicate in that way? Sure. Um, I, when I started with the business six years ago, we were just using Facebook. Uh, and, you know, Twitter was like, what on earth is that? <laughs> Instagram well, didn't exist. Um, and, you know, and now that's one of our um, biggest ways to communicate with our customers. Sure. And what um, I just from a social media perspective for me, the change I've seen is, is that customers actually want to communicate two ways in a two-way dialogue mm. with you in those spaces, which they didn't three, four, five years ago. Sure. And they're expecting answers. And they're quite happy to post a question on an Instagram post. So yeah. it's how do you manage that? How do you manage your customer expectations? And um, how do you make sure that you're delivering the same service and brand in a digital space as you do in a store? Because we've done that for 100 years. We know that 100%. like the back of our head back of our hand mm. and you know we, we work really hard to keep those standards really high because we really um, believe in delighting our customers every way we can but what does that mean in a digital space we um, when someone's on our website we can't give them a free tasting I'd love if I can figure that out <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here yeah. um, Australia post up their game yeah uh, so you know and, and for us it took us a couple of years to just get our head around how do we send chocolate without it turning into mush mm, at the other sure. end. And, um, and, yeah, ensure that quality control all the way yeah, through. Yeah, like it literally, it hurt your head to think about how on earth can we do that? Um, you know, it's a bit it's a bit easier with clothing. It's easy with books. It's easy mm. with um, with music, mm, you know. Sure. Um, even wine's easier than it is chocolate. Um, mm, yeah. You know, you get a few broken bottles, but, on, you know, and sometimes things would go missing because they'd realise it was wine in the parcel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but chocolate, it's like literally how do you keep a chocolate... Um, to the right standard mm. because our stores are air-conditioned um, to 21 degrees 365 days a year, 24-7. Sure. And we have control over that, but we don't have control over that when we stick it in a 
box and send it through Australia Post. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we've had we did a lot of testing, mm-hmm. um, and we uh, we found a way to do it where ninety five percent of the time, what you order and what you receive is is right. We can't okay. get it right all the time, but okay. I'm really proud the way we've we've worked that out. Cause How that, do you do it? We um, there's a lot of packaging, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We try, we do recycle as much as we can, mm-hmm. um, and we actually reuse any bubble wrap in our business three or four times mm-hmm. over. Cool. Um, and we use ice packs. Okay. Okay. Um, but we have to; they have to be um, food food standard ice packs. You can't mm-hmm. just whack sure. any ice packs. Like so the ice. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, we we have freezers full of ice packs <laughs> that get sent out. Mm-hmm. So, and we you know we do make sure that if it's we know it's going to be forty degrees in um, in Alice Springs that day, we won't send it. We actually we become cool. very good weather forecasters. Oh, right. okay. yep. Yep. So we monitor all of those sorts of things as well. But, um, yeah, middle of winter is easy. <laughs> Don't mind selling chocolate online <laughs> in the middle of winter. So that the Christmas is, is a challenge. Mm. Um, but we, you know, and we have to allow for delays and, you know, all those wonderful uh, Australia Post yeah. issues that, that do arise. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's interesting. We've done a, a bunch of work in the e-commerce space with um, with food producers, and and yeah, it just seems like you know cold storage and logistics in this country is is, I mean, it seems like there's a huge open market there for someone to jump in and improve on it mm. because it's uh, appreciate the distance is a, a, a huge mm. you know, but yeah, it's uh, it doesn't seem like it's the best served industry. No, and it, it, I keep thinking, why is it so easy in Europe? And then I'm like, well, the, that weather's literally different. Yeah, so they don't necessarily have to think about it quite as much. Sure. But I also think um, there are definitely world's best practices that aren't ap- happening in Australia. I think so. In the, in the US too. I mean, the distances are still big there. But there the, are. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cost of shipping is a lot cheaper. Yes. Yeah. I, and I don't know, is that just population? I, I mean, population yeah. concentration, you know, East Coast, mm. West Coast. Because you start looking at the US as an, a potential export market and yep. that scares the living bejesus out of you as well. Because you're mm. like, well, what bit do I focus on? Mm. Um, sure. So, yeah, it's. That's the scale of it. Jumping off that, what is the is, is so Australia only at the moment? Australia only at the moment. Cool. Um, yes, on my list of things, my whiteboard <laughs> in my office to think about export. Uh, so yeah, but again, it's the same challenges of freight and and um, you know how do we work around uh, dairy laws in different in the EU and different countries and sure. things like that. So uh, it's it's not as cut and dried and easy as. I'd like it to be, unfortunately. Mm. I'd love to send it all around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having grown up in Adelaide, like Hague's has always sort of been, you know, sitting there on the corner, but it's, mm. you know, it's sort of an institution, right? So the chocolate frogs, uh, you eat a chocolate frog a day, dark chocolate frog? Mm. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I heard that maybe, somewhere. maybe, maybe. One's enough. <laughs> One's, enough. <laughs> One's enough a day. A day. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it has this, I suppose, for a South Australian, it's, it just feels like a, you know, a part of the sort of the, the uh, environment of Adelaide, mm. but then as a brand, like, are you positioning yourselves as a luxury brand, or is it, you know, just what, how do you, how do you see yourselves, especially looking at those export markets, like like Chinese tourists coming in, or you know, foreign tourists? How yeah. how, how does Hague see itself? We see ourselves as a premium brand. Sure. Um, I probably wouldn't use the word luxury. Mm-hmm. I think um, I leave luxury to the Louis Vuittons of the world. Sure. We, we sit just below that, yeah. um, and and we make sure that's the experience people have in store. And I try to translate that into the online environment as well, as sure. much as we can. Uh, and for me, it's, you know, in Adelaide, we've got a brand awareness in the 90s. It's, you know, it's, 
it's a, it's a it's a wonderful problem to have in yeah, Adelaide. Sure. So even in um, in the eastern states, we have to we have to work hard to build on that. It's not sitting nearly at that number, um, but it's still healthy, which is re- really great. And you know, lots of people when we do um, our market research, you know, we come after the after lint, you know, sure. in people's minds, which to me. For a, for a small Adelaide business, yeah, we, I mean, we, we're not we're not big. We're, you know, okay, we do have nearly six hundred employees across the board, but we're still not a multinational like the Lints and Cadburys of the world. But sure. we come in third or fourth, which mm, to incredible. me is great. Mm. So um, it means the team are doing their job. Um, but if I think if we we're premium, we're bean to bar, which means we make from the cocoa bean, and there are very few people in Australia doing that. Mm. And um, we're also small batch manufacturers so we make we only make really small batches of everything so that gives us the best taste um and we can turn over stock more so it's fresh and and we know that Mm -hmm. what we deliver to our stores will be really good Mm. and um and then i guess australian owned and family owned is also important but frankly for me it's all about the taste if we're not making great chocolate then none of that else matters and we fall down on 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 that so um you know as long as we're delighting our customers with great tasting chocolate and we're giving them a premium experience then you know i I think we're doing our job well and i think that you know the proofs in the in the product at the end of the day but then the challenge for you is to get the product to you know the people that don't know about it exactly and i and i really that's the challenge um i think in every year in our marketing plan is how do we get our chocolate into more people's mouths because i know that um, if we can get it into their mouth, mm-hmm. we'll convert them. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. But the challenge is getting it into <laughs> into new mouths. That sounds really weird when you say that out loud and, and it's not in your head. Uh, <laughs> I always grab some because I, I, I always walk past the one in the uh, arcade. Oh, Adelaide Arcade. Ad, sorry, end of Adelaide yeah, Arcade, end of Greenfield arcade. Street. And then also the one on King on B. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, then you can do the three. Yeah. You've also got Central Market Arcade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sampler on your walk to work. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just a little pick me up on the way through. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, yeah, it's about getting it into new into new mouths and um, and getting them to experience it and find it. And that's that's one of the reasons we do the free tasting in store too. That's that's a real um, sure. promotional brand awareness mm-hmm. and um, helps with tourists too. So some of our sure. stores are located um, in areas where we have a much higher number of tourists in, in those stores. Especially in Melbourne and Sydney, you've got pretty good yeah, locations. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. Our, um, in particular our, our QVB store yeah. um, is... Is a, it's a bit of a tourist mecca, so we have a high percentage of tourists come in there. And they're really after the Australian flavours too, yeah. so they love the frogs because they're a bit wacky. Sure. Um, and then, you know, the, the Australian flavours, um, we do a salted caramel that uses Murray River salt. Nice. Oh. And um, we use some um, native ingredients too, so there's a lemon myrtle cream and, and those sorts of things that are a little bit different mm-hmm. um, and they're happy to take home yeah, you know, sure. and, and share which is good, yeah. So how does that translate to digital? Because it, it makes sense being in QVB and you've got, you know, a population walking through and you've got foot traffic, but then how does that, how do you reach out to that same audience or a new audience and, and sort of, you know, bring across the, the history and the, the taste, yeah. you know, in, in a, you know, in a non sort of, I suppose, or a different sensory perception? Photography. Mm. It's mm. really, really important. Cool. Um, we work with a great local photographer and stylist um, and... We, <laughs> when we actually when we launched the last website, we did a mass. We reshot everything, and the the whole proviso was that the photos had to be lickable. 
I like that. Um, <laughs> which again sounds weird when you say it out loud. Uh, but yeah, we just really wanted to make people want to taste it. Mm-hmm. And how do you convey that in chocolate? So um, we did a lot of testing, test shots, and we, we kind of came up with our own style and we've been following that for four years now. And, you know, sometimes I think, oh, if we shoot a chocolate again in this way, I'm going <laughs> to... But then I, you know, it, it, then the practical side of me goes, just because I've seen it 5,000 times doesn't mean anyone else has. So, you know, it's, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to up our game every year. So we do a couple of photo shoots every year. We um, have to shoot each season because we don't repeat any designs for, for a season. Cool. So um, there's always a new Christmas and a new Easter, a new Father's Day, a new Mother's Day, a new Valentine's Day, plus a gift range. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives us the opportunity to bid a to um, bring a bit of personality in as well and tell a different story. Um, and, you know, for example, we'll be going into the studio and sh- spending a week shooting Christmas at the end of August. Okay. So people might find be amused by the fact we spend a whole week shooting chocolates. But um, Oh, no, I can imagine. Yeah, it's for such little things. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing, even the perspective you've got to think about. I have all sure. these wonderful ideas and mm. our stylist, I love her, and she just shakes her head at me and goes, Fiona, that's <laughs> not going to... Think of the size. And I'm like, I know, but it would be so great if we could. And, yeah, no, they're only little things. So I look to um, inspiration from sort of homewares and jewellery and things to see, to get ideas on how we can maybe shoot chocolate in a different way. But it still has to be lickable. Sort of visually merchandising it in sort of a beautiful way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have to translate that into the store as well. So it has to work both ways. Um, um, Is there any, like kind of odd jobs that have popped up in recent years like for example in the web industry like there's people's jobs that just to write the words that go inside buttons like so is there something similar <laughs> to that in, in, you know, in the chocolate industry in the chocolate coming up with names is really hard sometimes because okay. what um might be the technical name for something i often go yeah but a customer's not going to know what on earth that is mm-hmm. and how do you make that um that name tell you everything about that product really sure. quickly. Mm. So that's that's a challenge. Okay. And um, we, we, 12 months ago, actually brought on a digital marketing specialist in-house. Okay. So that's a new role that we've brought on too, which has um, opened my eyes up to a whole um, different sets of set of scenarios and it's meant we're um, merchandising differently on the website sure. and um, we're looking at uh, packaging products in a different way that we don't do in-store. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about making it easy and making, you know, we've got over 250 products mm. and it can be daunting. So how, how does a first-time person visitor to our website get their head around what they can buy? Sure. Um, so it's Andy's job to, to, to nut that out and, um, you know, she's been working very hard on that and we've, 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 we've kicked a few goals, which is really good with that. Yes. So Is that just looking at data and looking at sort of how people are using the site? And, uh, yeah, you know, hmm. and price points and look, sure. uh, the... Um, the average sale online is is a lot more than in store, okay. which is more is what I thought would happen when we hypothesised all of this, but it's more again than what it, we we actually guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's a pleasant surprise when when that happens when it swings that way, mm-hmm. and um, conversions you know probably about industry average, mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, it's about converting more people. Um, we have a really high organic reach. Nice. Which I, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Definitely. And uh, and I think that comes down to brand awareness of Hague's and a lot of people just search for Hague's. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, which is what, you know, isn't that the dream for everyone? Just yes. stick your brand name <laughs> in and find yeah. you. So um, that that's a bit unique for us um, and, you know, sort of works into the way that we look at the way we word things. But okay. certainly we're writing a lot more content than I ever thought we would. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and new content all the time. We, I mean, we're big believers internally of sort of brand pushing, you know, whatever it is, but whatever it is your marketing, but, you know, that, that a strong brand being the backbone of it, you know, and in that traditional kind of sense of what a brand yeah. is, but having that sort of, you know, sense of authority and trust and, you know, which, which Hague's I think kind of embodies really. Because um, you imagine if, if we just launched a new chocolate brand, Nick and I want to launch chocolate, mm. do some amazing designs, we do some really cool Instagram ads, but then, you know, build, you've never heard of this before, you know, actually building that, that trust is, is what, is very difficult. Yeah, and um, I, w- I was very lucky to inherit that, to take that into this space. It sure. was that that was a gift, you know. I because I haven't had to start from scratch. And is that where you sort of came in before the web? Yeah, it would have been a sort yeah. of so yeah. So we, um, when I first started with the business, we just had a you know stock standard website, and um, yeah, we we launched online since I've the online store since we've been there, and we're um, now in the process of. Uh, the next version of that so that's okay. that hurts my head all the time thinking about that <laughs> but it's where do we take that how do we do that how do we do it differently um how do we um get to even more people mm-hmm. and make sure that the experience is even better than it is now because um, i think you can always improve mm-hmm. so you mentioned bringing on uh, was it andy in digital marketing yep. so we've worked with some other um australian brands recently in, in the last five years that have you know didn't have that digital presence and have, have brought it on and all of a sudden, you know, they might have had a two, three person marketing team and now they've got a, you know, a, a content team and a, you know, digital team. And oh, that sounds dreamy. I wish yeah. I had all of that. <laughs> but it, it becomes... We've just evolved. <laughs> sure, but it, yeah, sure, delegate, delegate. <laughs> but it does become that sort of, you know, how does, how does content fit into your sort of, you know, as a marketer? Because you've got lots of things you'd have to think about, you know, traditional marketing and activations and the stores and retail and, and then all of a sudden people, you know, you've got to be making videos and, you know, how, how does that fit into your sort of... Into our, oh, as my team would say, we're doing even more than we ever have, which is <laughs> which is very true. Um, but when I look back, it's it has evolved, mm. and we've all learnt new bits, and we've all taken on new bits. And um, like for example, the first good, good example of that is our recipe collection. So we now have over fifty recipes online cool. um, that you can use your our chocolate to create the most amazing chocolate cakes, actually, mm. and other other desserts, and. That was just something we kind of started off with that we knew that we we wanted to do because to me it's another reason to buy our chocolate. Sure. Um, and look, I, you know, you're not going to make a Hague's chocolate cake every every week, but for a special occasion or a special dinner or, or something, you know, it, it it does. Well, in my mind, if you use good ingredients for anything, you can end up with a better result. Sure. So this is no different to that. Um, and that has evolved now. We, we now do videos of those recipes and. Um, we have over 50 of them and now we're like, okay, what do we do next and how do we how do we do this next? But that gets teamed with an activation in store mm. um, and a whole three or four week campaign will happen in store to support that. Sure. Um, so it's about that layering and how do you tell that story, that same story, five or six different ways. And we even do that by running a competition amongst our um, retail teams Cool. As for a bake-off. Nice. So, you know, we, we give them the chocolate and say, here are the new recipes, go home and make them. And they, you know, and they do these magnificent photo shoots. Like we get these Instagram-worthy <laughs> photos and, you know, and we judge the best, you know, the best results from that and they get to – but that translates to them having a practical experience with it and then they can talk to the team, to their customers. And it just – it's just that layer upon layer upon layer um, that I think is for us where it lies – the lies at the heart of it it's not trying to do something different in every different space Mm. it's 
the same story in different ways. Do you use that content as, as, as marketing content? Yeah, 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 yeah we yeah, do. Nice. We do. So that, um, you know, and, and the website changes for every campaign. So every three to four weeks, the front page of the website changes. Sure. I noticed you have the, uh, the new... Uh, single origin. Single yep, origin but that will there. change to Father's Day tomorrow. Nice. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all ready to go. So, yeah, so, and then, and at the same time, that changes in store. And all our messaging on digital and social media changes and, um, you know, hopefully we tie it, we, we bring the PR aspect in as well. And so, yeah, it, it just, it's all the bits together. So in a way to me, it's the same old principles of marketing, sure. just different avenues. And, you know, we, we don't really do print anymore. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, I, I look at our budgets and what we've spent previously and we, we don't really play in that space anymore and, um, we, you know, we, we funnel that same money into other avenues. And I kind of like to have my marketing budget with, you know, about 20% to try new stuff every year. Sure. And then, you know, assess what worked, what mm-hmm. didn't, drops off, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and then reinvest in the things that did work, but we need to just take that next level. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's it, yeah, it still comes back to the basic marketing mix and the four Ps and all of that stuff you lo- learn at uni. It's a really interesting place to play. I mean, we, we deal with it. Most of, our, most of our clients are marketers and, you know, something I'm really interested in personally. I've been doing some mentoring with uh, third-year Adelaide Uni marketing students. And yeah. It's, I think it's, it's a strange world because the principles, you know, are as they always have been. But then you come out into this world where I mean, you walk into a small business and they're like, right, we want you to run Facebook ads. We want you to make a website. We want you to do, a, you know, an event. And it's sort of like, well, how, you know, how do I do all of this? You know, yeah. how do I – there's so many sort of uh, – tools and, and different avenues that you can take so the, the i think the, the core hasn't changed but no. the, uh, you know the playing field's just gotten different and I, I, maybe it comes back to the customer mm. who is your customer knowing who your customer is where where they can be reached what messaging and storytelling they want yeah and making sure that's where you're playing you're not trying to spread yourself too thin and i think for me um as i'm getting older and having done this for a while now, my best experiences and where I learned the most was when I had no money to spend. Sure. You know, you're more, th- more creative. Yeah, you mm. had to think about it and you mm. had to work out what to do and the little bit that you were given. Um, you know, there were a couple of my marketing jobs. I didn't have a marketing budget. I had to sure. ask for every bit that I wanted to spend. Mm. But that just meant um, that you had to be creative. And, and the other space that I've learned that um, was um, through volunteering and, and doing marketing for non-profits. Mm. Um, in that, yeah, you just have to, and you you learn from other people, and you see what works, and and you know pretty quickly if something's working or not in that space, um, you know. And on the flip side, it's great to have a huge budget, and I've, I've lived in that world too, and where you literally can't spend it all. Yeah. Um, but you know, how much of that is wasted? Sure. At the same time, because you, you can you can try everything. So what are you really focused on, and and, and you know where, where is the cut? Where are you really getting the cut through? I would imagine you guys have like a pretty good uh, high level of engagement amongst your sort of, let's say your Facebook fans. Would it, you know, yeah, so we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, they, they look, I <laughs> I always love the fact if, if something happens and we might get a slightly unfavourable comment. Sure. We time how long it takes for someone to jump in. That's it's really nice when you've got the community support. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and the Hague's community come kicks in, and we and it's like no, just wait a minute, let's just <laughs> see, and yeah. and yeah, lo and behold, um, I think, and that comes back to the trust and the yeah, faith. That's right, and I think that's really lovely, and that's where there is a community of people there mm-hmm. who go no, wait a minute, no, no, that's not the right experience, or no, that's not right, or actually this is the truth, and and you just watch this banter, and you're like, wow, like isn't that amazing mm-hmm. that. 
people have found this space in which to do that and they love our brand so much that they're, they're willing to to do that sure um you know of course we'll, we'll jump in as well but it's just always interesting to see how quickly other mm. people jump in and and, yeah. and support you and and, and believe in what mm. you do which is lovely I think building that tribe, I mean, you don't build that tribe by, you know, using Helix Persona. You, you, you build it by, you know, doing a good job for a long time. And, yeah, and you, know, you respond to people yeah. and you're polite and you um, you deal with things and you mm. sort things out when there are problems. And we, we, you know, one of the marketing team is, you know, that's her job to deal with all of those things. Sure. Good, you know, the good, the bad and, and the in-between. So you do have someone sort of on community engagement. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, we still get handwritten letters. Nice. Which is lovely. <laughs> faxes, faxes, not so uh, much. Do you respond with a handwritten letter? Or? Um, mm. If it's a handwritten, we do. That's uh, awesome. Oh, I really like yeah. it. I, I do like a handwritten note myself, yeah. so I'm always happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and often they don't put an email address, actually, which is interesting. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we, we like to um, – and we, we engage through um, community sponsorships as well and okay. – mm-hmm. um, uh, we know we, we have a system there that we can use for that too. So, okay. it, again, it's, it's that it's that other, those other layers, and um, mm, yeah. you know, it, it's it's touching having those touch points, which sounds so marketing mm. theory, yeah, um, sure. but you know, having another one of those touch points where you can um, have people in, enjoy and experience your chocolate and your brand mm. in a in a non um, non threatening, um, you know not not high cost way sure which i think can yeah. be underrated all those little things add up i think like if you know if, if you get a handwritten letter back that's you, you're going to be it's going to you know it'll impress you you'll yeah. be like wow yeah and you know and kids love coming in and seeing our chocolate tours you know that's just another mm. experience that you can stand there and watch someone um i had my four-year-old niece um who lives in perth visit today and she just stood there in awe of, you know watching one of our um wonderful chocolate makers um and staff you know dipping chocolates by hand mm. and she just stood there for five minutes going <laughs> she's like can i go in there i said no darling it's okay she's like oh i'm happy to wear a hairnet um, <laughs> like you're a bit too small but you know just in all that you know and the smell and the mm. you, you can't you can't buy that no, and you sure. can't you know you you just you just have to create it and, and and hope that people come um but yeah i think that's it that's just another another way that you can do that have mm. give that experience I saw, I saw you talking with Michaela about um, the, the speckles video that, that went viral. Oh, goodness. It's so interesting, though, because, you know, people spend so much time and money trying to create you know, viral content, and then you have something like that. Oh, look, yeah, that, and that was one of my team going next door going, they're making speckles, I'm going to go grab yeah. a snap, you know, yeah. and, and some video, and I'm like, go for it. And, yeah, you and because I guess we assume, and this is, I think, where you always have to take a step back, mm. we assume people know how things are made mm. and that, you know, how we see something made every week becomes uninteresting. Sure. But I think with that one, it was like, people are like, oh my, that's backward to how I thought it would be made. Sure. So it was like that whole, oh my goodness, it's the reverse. Mm-hmm. It's, that's insane. And Did you watch the video now? No, I haven't watched it. Oh, oh you, you have to watch it. it. It's, right. it, it's still terribly <laughs> hand um, done, which is tremendous. Uh-huh. But we literally just get massive trays of, they're called nonpareils, mm-hmm. so they're the coloured balls. Mm-hmm. And we... So the non-trademarked hundreds and thousands. Yes, yeah. thank you. Sure. That's why they're called speckles. Yeah, <laughs> non-trademarked right, freckles. Speckles, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and we literally just throw chocolate mm-hmm. into the trays of plop, 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 okay. plop. plop. Yeah, yeah. And then they actually get thrown into a sieve, giant sieve, mm-hmm. And 
all the um, non-pareils mm-hmm. drop out and then you're left with the speckle. What's oh. a non-pareil when it's home? Non-pareil. A non-pareil is a, mm. <laughs> a coloured beaded <laughs> candy confection. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Multicoloured. <laughs> bee, coloured sugar bead. Yeah. Sugar bead. Sugar bead. But yeah, it was just everyone thought it was a moulded product. So yeah, it sure. just blew everyone's mind. And yeah, it just went, I mean, yeah, it did go viral. Like it was and quite just, amazing. But the simplicity of that, I, I love that. Like, and I think an iPhone and, you know, five, yeah. two minutes of footage and hmm. I think done. you do often forget that, you know, you, even just watching that, how chocolate was made, I, I didn't know that, but it's just one of those simple things that you sort of don't look into. So the sort of, you know, ideas and content all around you all the time that you, yeah. you know, wouldn't think is going to be, you know, content that people are going to, engage with yeah, and, and share, share and, and, and go oh my god i can't believe that's how you make a speckle and yeah. how many of those do you make a year and it's like well we make millions of them <laughs> um and you know it takes a team of eight people to make them and pack them because they're all packed by hand oh, wow. and uh yeah it's yeah it's quite crazy actually they are very delicious they are good mm-hmm. i think the the um i've been trying to figure out why they are so good and apart from the fact it's good chocolate mm-hmm. i think it's the ratio of chocolate to yeah. the yeah. to they're, the non-pareil they yeah, they're slightly chunkier than the than the, the, the standard, the, the, the trademark, the trademark <laughs> version. Yeah, the trademark and, and, and the chocolate's a lot be- a lot better. But yeah. I got given a little uh, a little uh, that size. Yep. Tin of the as a, as a gift recently. I was sharing around the office, yeah. but actually lasted quite a while because they're, they're rich Absolutely. as well. You, oh, you, you can't eat too many. No, you can't. Mm. But the best thing did you put two back to back and oh. eat them? <laughs> <laughs> they <had a> <laughs> that, that's my little trick. You end up eating double, but yeah, it's like you, oh yeah, you, then you get speckle, sandwich. Yeah, yeah. You, you get the speckle sandwich. Nice freckle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> can't say that word. <laughs> we'll, we'll bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> Might get sued. <laughs> Speckle, speckle, speckle. If you say it enough, you remember. I love the nonpareils. So what's uh, what's next for Hags? What what, what's what's 2018, 19? It's bringing um, hopefully a couple more stores. Nice. And um, expansion. Um, So we're focusing on the eastern states for that. Sure. And um, then hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at production and new products. We've got some. Beautiful new products coming out, which if I talk about too much, I will get told <laughs> off. Um, but I'm fortunate enough to, to um, be able to taste those before they come out. Mm. So, um, yeah, we've probably got five or six new products coming out that are, are really good. And, you know, it's about to, we refine what we've got to. So there's some reworkings of some old favourites. Mm. And it's, yeah, just about, I guess, from a packaging point of view, um, we'll have a new gift range coming out. So okay. that's that's busy. Um, working on that and, and, and really trying to make sure that we're still um, delivering the great experience. But, um, yeah, we're, we're looking at refurbishing the visitor centre so okay. um, too. So that's a major project um, that's part of that. But, yeah, it's it's a busy time. We don't – we used to have sort of quiet periods, but that's all, that's all gone now. It's all gone now. We sort of, they were the good old days. <laughs> You always have your you know seasonal lines, but then you, and you have your you know your your best sellers that you're never going to change. Yep. But is it sort of an annual thing where you're trying to bring new products in and testing them? And yeah, and some products disappear. Sure, sadly. Um, sadly, you know you can't you can only have so mm. many on the shelf, mm. um, and that's a really tough decision. That you know there are arguments about that. Mm, I bet. Heated heated good debates mm. um, about what should come and what should go, and uh, you know. But then I think that. That's changing tastes, sure. so that's why mm. we sometimes tweak products too, and we'll give yeah. them, we'll tweak them and give them another go, and just yeah. make sure that, you know, are they really 
not wanted anymore or mm. are they, you know, does it just need a rework and yeah. does it need to taste better than it does? Um, but, you know, yeah, the, the speckles of the world, which is our biggest seller, will always be there, I suspect. Okay. What's the second biggest seller? The frogs. Mm. frogs. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves a chocolate frog. Nice. Mm. Is, Do you find... <laughs> do you find that if um like if you tweak one small thing that they do sell like if it was like an oval shape but you change it to like a round ball shape or something along oh, those look, lines people will notice the strangest changes mm. like um i think because they are such fans and people have mm. their favorites and if mm. you tweak a fra- their their favorite mm-hmm. they will they're, they're on <laughs> they they they're on to us straight away mm. they really really do know yeah. so we actually do that with with caution mm-hmm. and we sure. um, let people know that it might not taste the same as the last time they mm-hmm. ate it, um, you know, and, but we always – and sometimes ingredients change and that's out of our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we try and use Australian ingredients as much as we can in the first instance and South Australia first, Australia second and, and then overseas. Nice. Um, but, you know, I, and I think that's another reason that, you know, like our scorched arms are so good. They're South Australian almonds. They're, you know, we roast them ourselves as Beautiful. well. Mm. Um so it's things like that. But, you know, sometimes ingredients change and they do then fundamentally change the taste of the product, mm-hmm. which, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, people are – those that are passionate about that particular chocolate mm-hmm. know pretty quickly and they're on to us. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, look, there's, there are a few really delicious things and, and hopefully a couple of um, old favourites coming back maybe even too. So, Ooh. yeah, I can't say any more. What's, what's the history of the chocolate frog? Is, is that – it's a – it's been start? it's been around for many 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 mm. many decades, and it was just a um, well the rumor has it the rumor has it because you know we can't go back to the 1930s sure um, to find out the truth, um, but it um, sort of was based at, there was a company in Melbourne called McRobinsons okay, and it was based on um, on they were doing a sort of animal shapes and things like that, so we thought we needed an, an animal some sort and a frog's quite good because it's a small molded product a molded product that didn't need to be foiled or, or covered sure. so yeah and it just grew from there and i think it, again it's just the right size chocolate you know it's enough for a you know two two or three bites mm. and you feel satisfied but i that's another theory i've got i think because of our high cocoa content mm. you don't need too much of it yeah you don't feel like you have to consume a whole block of it to get your sure. cocoa hit mm-hmm. so um you know two frogs is probably half too many for me <laughs> <laughs> one's one's probably not quite enough but you know two's two's too many so yeah but i think that's because of the, of the quality of the of the chocolate that's that we kind make. of chocolate i like to wear though where it's you know you have you know, one line of a, of a bar and it's, it's enough you yeah. feel sated you just sort of yeah don't have that sugar rush where you just want to keep going back mm. to yeah you know and, you, and you've got a little bit for the next night that's yeah. okay you know you keep it in a jar and <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to eat, consume it all. Keep it away from my wife. <laughs> finds my chocolate stash all the time. <laughs> I think we have one in down. Yeah. Is this staying in here? This staying yeah, in the work? Yeah, this stays yeah. in this room. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, I should ask you two. What are your favourite chocolates? Hakes chocolates. Ooh. So, I, I love the frogs. I grew up on frogs. So that, that's milk, dark, mm. peppermint. So, I, I loved milk as a kid. I, yep. I like dark more now. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually still like milk chocolate. And I love the almonds too. Um, milk chocolate almonds, actually. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because I, I kind of flip between, you know, having a sweet tooth and not. And recently, I've been eating a lot of chocolate again. Yeah. I'm not sure why. That's good. No, especially, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Especially yeah. with red wine. Like, I like having just a, <laughs> a little just bit. Do you know what a, the 70% dark mm. pastilles are good with a bit of red wine? Oh, nice. Mm. 
And even the coffee pastilles with the right wine, mm. they're a really good match too. Mm. Caramel. I like, I like anything with caramel too. Okay. Mm. Well, there might, there's a caramel mm. something coming out at Christmas. Right. Just heads up. <laughs> <laughs> and the salted caramel is really oh, good yeah, too. 100%. That's, a, that's, that's probably one of the um, best-selling loose chocolates that we do now. Mm. It's a salted caramel. Yeah. yeah, salted caramel came back in a big way. And then do you, peanut butter, everyone's doing peanut butter stuff. They do. We, we don't have any peanuts in mm. our factory though. So that's why we're staying away from peanuts, mm. just that whole allergy side, which sure. is the other whole um, challenge with, with, with food time. products. Yeah. We're making sure that's that's all there, that My information. My wife's American, so she, she always came with sort of the, the Oh, Reese's. the Reese's Pieces. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Reese's Pieces aren't that good though. Mm. They're all right. They're very sweet. They're very mm. sweet. Yeah. Incredibly sweet. Mm. Mm. Well, we do do a fudge. Oh, I love fudge. Yeah, that that um, that hits the spot for the sweet stuff. Mm. And? You can't eat too much fudge. Yeah. No. Mine's, mine's probably the almonds. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad I, I brought a, yeah, some. Yeah, I had a bag of these at home the other day. I finished I them. Some, oh. <laughs> 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 when they're really um, fresh, they look like almond, uh, olives. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, in, okay. in some photographs, uh-huh. people have gone, are they olives? And I'm like, no, they're the dark scorched almonds. I'm sorry, they just look really shiny and perfect. And, you know, they don't end up necessarily I like, I like, that, like for, that. For a branded thing, just have them in, the, in an olive jar. Yeah, yeah. Then you know, no one knows they're yeah, chocolate. Yeah, keep them in the fridge. Yeah, That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> you like put them in a little jar. Yeah. They look yeah. like olives. Yeah. No one, no one Secret. will touch them. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Olive chocolate. You put them. I've, I've actually Just put nice. them on a table, yeah. and people not eating them, and I'm like. <laughs> They're, that's chocolate. Yeah. Like, oh, we thought they were black olives. I'm like, no, no, no please. Find the, the oldest jar of like, you know, olives, black, yeah. black and gold yeah. calamari or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Put them in there. Wash it out really well yeah. so you don't get the taint. And yeah, you'll be fine. Keep it on the shelf in the pantry. No one will know. That's awesome. Secret chocolate stashes. Mm. You, you need to have a secret chocolate stash though. I know that there's a couple in the office downstairs. Tess yeah. and, and Mel have a, a secret stash. Yeah. We don't How, it can't be too secret if you do you well, know where it is or you just know it exists. Well, we, we see, see them, them. They see them yeah. trading chocolate. Oh. They was like walking over to each other, yeah. and that's a, that's like the only reason they walk to each Get other. To that is is the chocolate, <laughs> yeah, the chocolate. exchange <laughs> yes. under the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We have a cupboard that yeah. we have to walk to to get to it. Mm. Otherwise. And it's like the walk of shame. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm eating more chocolate. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's the other downfall. When you're looking at chocolate and beautiful photography all the time and mm. writing about it, you're like, oh, I could really do with some chocolate. Well, it's testament to the product that you're not sick of it. You still enjoy yes, it. Yes, that is true. That is true. You kind of, when you first start, though, you overindulge. Um, and then you sort of narrow it down. And my rule is I've got my 10 favourites. And I try and focus on those. Nice. Things can drop in and come out, but it's sort of 10 only. Otherwise, every time it goes past, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll try some What's of that. What's at number 10? What's the... Uh... Dark Rocky Road. Oh, Rocky Road. Dark Rocky Road. Dark Rocky Road. Nice. Which is, you know, beneficial because we only make it between Easter and Father's Day anyway. So oh, it's not available all year. Mm. Um, probably number nine, the Milk Coconut Rough. Ooh, from the coconut cabinet. Coconut's good. Mm, coconut's always good. Yeah, coconut's excellent. Mm. Um, yeah, and then you sort of you throw in a couple of frogs and <laughs> salted caramel here and there and a um, cappuccino bar. Nice. Yeah, oh, the dark cherry bar. See, I've got, I could talk about this for hours, <laughs> couldn't I? Um, the dark cherry bar is really good too. Uh-huh. It's a grown up version of a, the other. That, that other brand. Yeah, sure. Trademark okay. product, yeah. 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 <laughs> so if you like that, give our dark okay. cherry bar a go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> very Moorish, very Moorish, mm-hmm. but yeah. I want to eat some of this chocolate now. Well, it's here to yeah. eat. No, yeah, can you try the whiskey one yes, yes, for please, me? Please. So, yeah, this is the brand new. Everyone. Everyone, yeah, go on, Nate get in there. It is rushing over. For the... 
It's quite peaty. I'll just give you the... If you like peaty, then you'll be fine. Russell, Russell, Russell. You can't talk and chew, can you? Yeah. Mm, it is peaty. It's oh. quite smoky. It tastes like whiskey. In a really nice way, though. Yeah, it's not not in a bad way. Not mm. in a bad way. Mm. In a delicious way. Mm, it is. Yeah. A little, little bit of single malt. Mm. Think thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is smoky. Mm. Yeah. It always amazes me how we can get that into a chocolate. Yeah. What's the source of the whiskey? Is it a? It is actually a proper single malt from Scotland. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Proper. I mean, no, it is a single malt from. <laughs> <laughs> get other single malts saying like there's no other proper whiskey but no um it is a genuine scottish single malt i feel like some of the other um uh, like liquor infused chocolates they they the, the balance is off like it would be it would taste too strongly if, but there's that a nice mix of the chocolate yeah and the it is isn't it melds together <coughs> mm. that's but really good thank you yeah what's well, interesting when look the first one wouldn't have tasted like that and mm. we actually um i probably tried six or seven versions and um the thing that freaks me out is it will taste different if it's coated twice in dark or okay. coated twice on milk or if you even put the milk on first and then coat it in dark or you put the dark on first and coat it in milk. Okay. Oh, wow. wow. So the same centre will taste different. Hmm. Oh. It's quite it's quite unbelievable. It's kind of like wine then, isn't it? It With is. The oak and everything. Yeah, yeah, it mm. is really incredible when mm. you sit there and you have them that in front of balance. you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of um so we have great discussions about that too. You know, should I it want, be dark I want, milk? I want milk now. You want me? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit early? No, never too early. Never too it's early for a single malt. Too, yeah. too late. So. <laughs> and the other one you could try is I've given you the dark first. But so I'll so tell us open. about the, the single origin. Single so origin. They're really limited, so we just get a whole bunch of. As she rips open a box and destroys the beautiful artwork, no. um, is just. A small, it's, it's small batch chocolate making taken to the extreme in wow. that we um, get a very limited number of these cocoa beans and it's not a blend. So okay. um, our other chocolate is a blend, a ble- different blends, sure. and we have to blend them differently for different purposes. Um, so the same chocolate that coats one product might not coat another one from a blend perspective. Um, but these we make so that we can really show those unique flavours mm-hmm. of cocoa beans from different parts of the world. So the Java is quite smoky as well, mm. and it's got that real caramelised mm. flavour to it. Mm. And um, you know, you get a bit of fruit too, but it's 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 a real smoky. And we actually think um, wow. the theory is the smokiness comes from the way that they dry the cocoa beans. Okay. Mm. So they, so not only obviously have you got it growing in different soil, different um, microclimates. Mm-hmm. They also get get dried differently, and because it can be um, often more damp in Java, they'll often um, use fires, small fires, to dry. Okay. So we think some of the smoke from the fire has got into the Mm. flavour of the cocoa bean as well. It does have a smokiness to it. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And yeah, a bit of fruit in there as well. Yeah. And now, if you try the one from Belize, it's different again. So that's um, got a real citrusy, fruity flavour. And um, it's a darker chocolate, so you've got a higher cocoa content on the, in this one. But like like a like like a vintage wine, once yeah. this is gone, this is gone. Oh. So um, eat, up. <laughs> eat up, and yeah, and people often um, buy up too if they find one that they really love. They'll um, they'll buy a few of them and sort of put them away and hide them. Probably mm. Mm. see like how it's yeah. different again. Very different. Yeah, I like this one more. So different. Yeah. 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 And and that's in essence. Same thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
you know, when people go chocolate's chocolate, you go, well, Definitely actually, not. it's not. It's I mean, not. It really I think isn't. If, if, if you're blindfolded and ate both of them, you would think they're just different flavours. Not the same compound, but like yeah. different flavours. Flavours. Like it's just flavoured with something. So Yeah. No, mm. that's just how it comes out. Really? So what's the difference between these two? The Java Java and the is 40% and it's more milk. Mm-hmm. So um, that's from obviously Indonesia. And then mm. your Belize is, uh, is that 50? 60. 60. Sorry, 60. Okay, 60. Oh. Sorry, oh, just throwing, throwing boxes across. Mm. So yeah, that, that's a higher con- um, cocoa content mm. too. So. And so how do you maintain like the quality of the, of the mix? So obviously you have different... Of the blends, yeah. yeah. Have very hard-working chocolatiers who monitor that daily. Sure. So a lot of chocolate tasting. Yeah. And um, you know they're checking the moisture content of the chocolate and all sorts of things. And um, you know we have trouble just with temperature changes. So when it's really hot in Adelaide, although we're, we're air conditioned and we're cooled, that can affect our ability to make chocolate sure. and chocolates. So um, we're monitoring that all the time to make sure that we're keeping that quality up. And we also have a um, very good quality assurance team. Who um, whose job is it is to taste chocolate every single morning? Mm. So because we do the small batch, they actually taste everything that's been made the day wow. before um, at both sites, and um, that's something as as employees you can actually join that team <laughs> um, for for a morning session and have a taste and go through cool. everything. So yeah, over the years has the sort of geographical regions where you've, we've purchased the beans from changed or it has. Um, we became UTS certified. Um, uh, a number of years ago and and we did that they they've just merged with rainforest alliance okay so um they're going through a bit of a change at the moment and we're waiting to find out which way that will fall out so um currently it's it's still UTS certification so 80 percent of our cocoa beans beans are UTS certified and that's cool. on a mass balance principle um and we, and we did that because we wanted to make sure that um where we were sourcing the beans from um we're looking after the farmers and the farmers were looking after the land and, sure. and that whole chain of um, production was was right. And, you know, look, we pay a premium for those beans, but we think it pays off. We get better beans as well. Sure. Um, so, you know, this, we buy beans from South America, from Africa, from Papua New Guinea. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, 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 we have our special blends and, and there's secret recipes. I bet. Uh, you know. Or herbs and spices or not but um yeah it's 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 really interesting that you know and we we try and keep we have to maintain that standard for those blends but um you know we, we tweak them all the time to make sure that it's right beautiful it's a hard yeah. job oh look i look I, I think yeah they have a terribly <laughs> difficult job <laughs> eating chocolate and blending chocolate all day <laughs> part-time winemaker chocolatier sounds like a very good uh, it does doesn't it it would be okay i think <laughs> Difficult existence, and then you know, and then there's the team in, in what we call the kitchen who are coming up with all the new chocolates Recipes, and yeah. mm-hmm. and um and the uh, and the centres and and cooking. Oh, when the caramel is being made and all those sorts of things, oh, it just wow. smells. That I love those smells. So, yeah, it's um yeah, it's horrible. It's a horrible place to work. It sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for bringing some chocolate. In. Oh, you're welcome. Um, we probably better let you get get going, but uh, yeah, it's been awesome having a chat, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Looking Thanks for having me. Looking forward to seeing that was great. Hayes continue for the next 103 years. Thank mm-hmm. you, guys. It's been good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Thank you.